right, all right. Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we're worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out the Father God's love, and we are transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I am so glad to be back amongst you. I made a mistake in the email. I said this is the first week of Lent, because this is my first week of Lent, but it's not the first week of Lent. And my, nobody emailed me back. I thank you for just graciously loving me. You know what I mean? It's fun to email mistakes on a regular basis. It's even more fun to hear about it right away. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's, it's Sunday. I'm really, really excited to be here. You've already heard that. If you're listening on the podcast, we're going to do communion. We were going to do some more photo directory photography, but the Atkins family is feeling a little under the weather. They're staying home. Sharon drove here, was feeling a little, nah, I don't know about this, and went home. So we're going to be praying for Sharon. She's still recovering. Um, we got Lenten Quiet Nights on Wednesdays. Anybody go to the first one? Was it amazing? Jane, you're ridiculously good. Um, next week, next week is Daylight Savings. I know, I know. It makes me want to fall asleep right now, right? Let's just go home right after this and go take a nap. Just because we lose an hour, right? It's like 6 in the morning now. Next, Really? Oh, goodness. Okay. Also, this Sunday is Deacon Sunday. And there's another one coming up, but there's envelopes in your orders of worship. And what this is, Deacon's Fund, um, think of the least and the lost, the people that need it the most. We just had actually somebody come to the door this morning um, needing some food, needing some sweatshirts, needed some just love. And this is a this is a good way to just put money, your, your offerings, your tithes, all that, straight into the hands of the people who need it. Um, I think, is Nora around? We have like 40 or 50 a month now that are coming to our doors and we're praying with them, giving them food and stuff. It's, I don't know, just make sure you put some thought and prayer into our deacon's fund this morning. Let's quiet our hearts. It's also, he turns 50 on Wednesday. I gave him $50 in some currency that I don't know what it was. Do you have it? Do you have it? I do. Yeah, show, uh, show somebody afterwards what the currency is. He turns 50 this Wednesday, and then Erica turns, I don't even know what age, but we're, we're gentlemen, and we're people, we're not going to ask her her age. But she, uh, she t- I think she's, her birthday's Thursday or Friday. Um, so a lot to celebrate, a lot of hurting, but that's what the church is about, right? We all come in here and we come as is. We don't have to dust ourselves off. He takes us as is. We worship together. Let's stand together and I'll call us to worship using Psalm 121. And I'll be reading from the King James this morning. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, 
He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going and thy coming. In from this time forth and even for forevermore. Let's worship the Lord singing, My faith looks up to thee.
holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Here we go. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would pay my you've done for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Sing it out, here we go. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You
Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Bearing all my sin and shame, in love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love, oh, this love, Lord. Thank you for the name. Wash me in your cleansing flow, now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. Worthy is the Lamb, seated on the throne, I crown Oh, 
Indeed, worthy is the Lamb. Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Now, my friends, now. Now is the time for us to turn away from sin and turn toward God, confessing our sins together in penitence and faith. Our Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity, but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit, so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. When we confess our sins and repent, our ever-present Father will not leave us there. As far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Know this, know this, in Christ Jesus we are forgiven.
right? That's a strong cup of coffee. I love that. That was amazing. Gospel. This is, today's a great day, right? I get to preach on the most famous Bible verse of all time, right? And it's gospel. Good news. What's some good news that you've heard lately? Well, right here, we got uh, this guy, Pat. Didn't you serve a bunch of years around this place? Thank you. Thank you so much for pouring your lifeblood in this place and serving here. Today's his first Sunday as a retired pastor. Right? That's good news, right? We got Nestor back there with Casey. What happened last Sunday? They got married last Sunday. I just want us to be swimming in good news because this is good news. Terry's here. Ter- Terry's here. If I could do a backflip, I would. That's not true, because I can't. Yeah. Um, or I missed last week. I, uh, I really wanted to celebrate Lent this year um, with you guys. And I was, I was going to preach on last week. It's the 40 days in the desert. And the one thing that I want us to carry over, I don't know if Eric said it or not. That guy's amazing. He's smart and all that jazz. But I wanted to just nail down that the deceiver is a liar. He's a liar. He, he told four lies to Jesus. He said, you know, you could jump from this place and this thing, and then he goes through all these lies. But the fourth lie is the biggest lie of them all. And he says, if you do this, you will be like a God. You will be like the most powerful being. And Jesus is the most powerful being. Amen? And he was, Jesus says, second Adam brings us into this new creation. And this is what John 3.16 is all about, is us becoming new creations. Um, first of all, Gospel of John. I've said it a bunch of times because I've preached here a bunch of times on John. John is a different gospel. They got the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then you have John. And he wrote it way after the synoptics were written. And by the time John wrote it, John was an old man. John was a wise, older person, and he writes it. all the other Gospels written at a sixth-grade you know, sixth reading level or so. John is written at like a third-grade reading level. It's deeply profound but simple, and he, it's just a beautiful Gospel. And so he starts in a different place. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they start with genealogy. John starts with, no, no, the, the universe. He's the creator of the universe. He was there. Um, he's the alpha and the omega. He's, he's the beginning and the end. He's the, the word. And he came to live amongst us, and we didn't know him. And um, then he goes into the wedding at Cana and does the first miracle. Turns water to wine, remember? 800 gallons of Merlot. That's what one of my pastor friends preaches on that. Um, and then we get to this evening, and he's confronted with a person that's a partial believer. Do you know any of those in your life? Have you been one of those? Or are you one right now? I know this Jesus guy, he did some amazing things. and But is he really all that? Like it, 
Is he really worth everything? Is he really that good of news? And so we turn our Bibles open to John chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Amen, amen. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after grown, having grown up? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who ascended from except the one who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that my words would fall to the ground and be quickly forgotten. I pray that your words would penetrate the hardest of hearts, even my own, and change this forever. And all God's people said. So Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee, he's a teacher. Who else is a Pharisee? Raise your hand. Paul. Remember the Apostle Paul? Yeah, he's a Pharisee. So he's a teacher. He, he, he's supposed to know all this. Uh, one commentator calls Pharisees the serious. How, who, do, who in your life is serious about their walk? But is missing Grace. Who is serious about following Jesus, but missing Jesus at the same time? That's this Nicodemus guy, and it's at night. I, I just find that interesting. It's, an, it's a thing I never really notice. John makes note that it's nighttime, and he's hanging out, and he's, he's spending some time with his teacher. His teacher says, hey, um, what... What's this about? I, I know that you're, you're something good. I know that you're from God. So that's the partial truth. 
Um, Who are you? This Nicodemus guy says, really? Um, And Jesus, like in true form, answers questions with questions. And he, he takes what the, what's really being asked and answers that with absolute truth and grace and mercy and beauty, right? So this Nicodemus guy, he's a teacher. He's saying, hey, what's this about? Um, he says, amen, amen. And he... he, he Jesus says, unless you're born from above and again, because the Greek word right there is anathen, and it's notorious double meaning. It has a notorious double meaning. It it means again, and it also means from above. Um, So Jesus says, okay, unless you're born again, and born from above. If you're, if you're born again and you're born from above, then you can see the kingdom of God. This is the only time. This is actually, John uses kingdom of God twice in his gospel. And this is one of the two. And in John's gospel, it's synonymous with eternal life. True deep life. Both temporal and substance life. And those two things overlap. Um, is everybody with me? Okay, good. So Jesus is answering this guy in the night. What is it all come down to? What is your message, Jesus, come down to? And he says, it, you have to be born from above and born again. And Nicodemus, like everyone in here, and like myself, how does that happen? How does that happen? How does it happen? How do we get born again? How do we be born from above? And he says, can we climb back into the womb? Like, how do we do it? What's Jesus' answer? Unless, yeah, <laughs> that's good, that's good. His answer is the Holy Spirit. His answer is, it is both from God, of God, and a gift. All of it is on God's side. It all comes down to God picking you and I out and making you new. giving you new life, a new creation, returning to pre-garden. Um, notice Nicodemus's little problem. What's Nicodemus's problem? Nicodemus's problem is he, does, he sees Jesus is from God, but he doesn't notice that Jesus is God. Right? Bruner says this, the person of Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the content of saving faith. 
Jesus was saying right there to Nicodemus, as Jesus is saying right here to you and I today, if you're a partial believer, if you're kind of strayed from how good the good news is, it's all about the person of Jesus the Christ. And then he answers some more questions. He says, uh, like, how do we do it? How does it? How does it even work? And then Jesus kind of reflects. He's like, you're supposed to know this. You're a teacher. And I would say he's even saying that to us this morning. We're supposed to know this. We're, this, is, this is ground-altering stuff. Like... This is stuff you can't unlearn. When did God change your life with the message of Jesus the Christ? Testimony. When I received the Holy Spirit. When you received the Holy Spirit. That's right, Kathy. That's excellent. Let's pause right here. I did, we didn't really say hi to each other. Everybody stand up and do fist bumps and meet with each other. But instead of like any like meaningless, like this, how old were you when God came into your life in the form of Jesus Christ and changed everything? Just talk about your age. Go. Everybody fist bump and talk about your testimonies. Let's bring it back together. Let's bring it back together. I think that might have been my funnest five minutes since I've been your pastor. I just got to fist bump a couple of you. And I've heard some 13s. I heard some 35s. I heard some real young. I don't even know how old I was. And if that's you, like my wife always says, you need to cover up because I had a dramatic conversion. My wife, it came over years. She can't even pinpoint the time when she figured out that Jesus was real. Um, so if you, sorry if that made you feel a little weird. I want to, that's what this place is about, right? We're coming together, we're telling our testimonies, we're, we're sharing in this gospel story, this truth together. So go back to the text. Born from above, born again. He starts cruising. He teaches about the Holy Spirit. And then he does a little exegesis. He talks about Moses raising up the snake. You remember that after the Passover? And he starts talking about when it really happens. What it really happens is right here. Right here, I've said this numerous times, but Karl Barth says, the greatest moment in all of human history isn't the resurrection, it's actually the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus the Christ, where Jesus takes all of the suffering and connects with all of us on our deepest pain level. And we all become one in our brokenness, in our burial, in our death. That's what this Ash Wednesday, that's what this Lent is about. It's about stirring those deep waters of of realizing how fragile our humanity is, how fragile these creatures, that, these bodies that hold us, and, but how beautiful and how delicate they are and how God made them and how in their imperfections and in their brokenness, the brokenness actually brings us all into this unified like stirring pot. 
And he, and he, it, he, he crescendos. It's like a musical piece. Like he's stirring all this up and he says, you know, it happens at the cross. It happens at the cross. We become new creations because in order for something beautiful to come out of the chaos, out of the death, the death has to be sealed. The death has to be real. The death has to be painful. The death has to be tangible. And I'm your Lord and your Savior and going to go through it for you. And then he says, he turns the corner. And he says the most famous verse of all time, right? And I, wrote, I, I got this at a Bruner. I have a couple slides for us. Ready? God, the greatest subject ever. So much. The greatest extent ever. Loved. The greatest affection ever. The world. The cosmos. The greatest object ever. Just pause on the slide for a second. Anybody watch The Bachelor? No. Okay, it was confession time. There was two of us in here. We're... I, I watch it mainly to celebrate drama <laughs> But then also there's these nuggets of truth. There's these nuggets of truth in this sideshow, freak show of this love story. There was this moment on national television, this last episode, where this girl who thinks she's falling in love with this bachelor guy or whatever, which I have no idea whether it's really happening or not. um, She looked into the camera and she said, I'm just so tired of being alone. And I heard the voice of a generation. I heard the voice of everyone in my life. Jesus climaxes this and breaks this down on this evening with this teacher guy. With this truth that's it's the biggest ocean wave thing you could possibly experience. God absolutely adores you. He's crazy about you. He's crazy about me. And he just got finished saying, and it's just like the wind, it's the Holy Spirit. There's no reason, there's nothing you've done. There's no, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason. It, he just does. The greatest affection ever. The greatest object ever. Next slide, please. That he gave his one and only son the greatest gift ever. So that every single individual, whoever, the greatest opportunity ever. There's no other ground that's this level. There's no other ground that even comes close to accepting the breadth and the width of who this invitation is to. 
You're saying, Jay, I, you haven't seen my dark corners. You haven't seen my thoughts. You haven't seen my heart. This isn't, no, it's you too. Who simply entrusts oneself to him. The greatest commitment ever. Next slide, please. Would n- never be destroyed. The greatest rescue ever. But would even now have a deep, lasting life. The greatest promise ever. And then, most people stop right there. Because that's phenomenal, right? You can't even take that in. But then you look at that next You look at that next verse. Jesus didn't come to condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn. We're doing something wrong, Christians. We're taking this verse and we're making it for ourselves, and then we're turning and not loving the same way we're loved. If you ask everybody, who's not a Christian in this country, who's Jesus? He's a guy who hates gay people, and he's a guy who sees me at my worst and doesn't love me. That's what we're teaching. I don't know how we're doing it, but we need to get over it. We need to get past and live. I I think the problem always starts with yourself, right? I think it does. I think I've preached too many sermons that focus on the dark side of our need for Jesus. I've been a part of that. I've, I, you know, remember growing up and going to seminary, you would say, they would say 90% of the time you should be describing the problem and then you give them the solution of Jesus Christ. There's a flaw in that. I found it even in this devotional, this Amazing Grace devotional. It's too judgy. What's amazing about grace isn't how bad we've sinned and how he still loves us. What's amazing about grace is that's not even a part of the equation. He didn't come into this place trying to judge us. He came in here. Grace isn't un, it's unmerited favor. It's like I've said before. You're driving down a street. You're going 50 and a 35. Cop pulls you over, doesn't give you a ticket, that's forgiveness. God, cop pulls you over, hands you a donut, that donut is grace. It's over and above being forgiven. It's just an unmerited gift on top of it. It's God absolutely adoring you and loving you. Your flaws have nothing to do with the equation. Your successes have nothing to do with the equation. What's the equation? God made you. He loves you. He's coming after you. And he's relentless. That's Eugene Peterson. How do I apply this? First of all, I stop yelling at you. Second, I remind you that this was just some guy. Nicodemus, the teacher. Walking up to the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he openly shares the secret of all secrets. 
I'm here because my, God, my father sent me. And I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm here because I love my creation. And my father loves his creation. I'm paying for all the sins. I'm paying for all the suffering. I'm going to connect with all the sufferers in this whole place. I'm going to do it through the cross. By my body breaking, my blood shedding, these new creations, these new kingdom people, these eternal life livers are to live as they have been loved. Amen and amen. I think we sing a hymn of response. Let's stand. Love divine, all love's excelling. Let's sing the first two verses. thinking about uh, Jason's expose on what sets Jesus apart and just the unfathomable level of love of God. A passage of scripture from my favorite book of the Bible came to mind, uh, Philippians. Philippians 2 says, and Jesus being in very nature God, because we've got to remember, Jesus was fully God and fully man. That's what the scripture says, right? It says Jesus, in being in very nature God, so that's part of who he was, right? We like to think of Jesus as God, but it says he was fully God and fully man. It said Jesus, being in very nature God, did not see equality with God something to be desired. Another passage says to be used in his favor. But instead took upon himself the form of a servant. He became obedient even unto death on a cross. Therefore, 
Interesting conjunction. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, the mysteries and knowledge of God that are spoken of in the previous chapter, we can try to fathom these concepts all day long. But one of the things that really sticks out about Jesus to me is not only did he bridge a gap, but he did so choosing to follow the path that was laid out before him in his humanity. He had to sacrifice and follow the path that was laid out before him. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And so we're going to sing about that as we give thanks for the reality of Christ and the Holy Spirit within us. I'm so confused I know I heard you loud and clear So I followed through Somehow I ended up here I don't want to think I may never understand That my broken heart is a part of your plan When I try to pray All I got is hurt And these
Perfect. You can sit down for a second. Thank you. Have you been grateful lately? Has God been giving you anything? What are some things you're grateful for? Life? I thought I heard somebody say telephones. What did you say? Health. Living through 12 feet of snow. He's always there when you need him. Thank you, brother. I'm grateful for you. 50 years of life, my man. Bam. I'm right behind you. I'm grateful for a choir. Man, if I could sing like that, yeah, thank you. That's, I think that's good. Let's return thanks. God, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. You give and you give and you give. Even when we're not looking, you give. Even when we're not thankful, you give. I pray that you would um, open our eyes that we might celebrate your gifts more. We pause right here, right now, thanking you for the cross, thanking for each other, and thank you for all these gifts and these tithes. I pray that they would be used, multiplied, And praise you. And all God's people said, now let's sing doxology. Thank you. You ever go in the, in the ocean in the dark? No? I saw it, yeah. I remember one time I was in college, and uh, the Grunion were running. Do you know where they were? Yeah. I never saw them. Did you? I, they said they were running, but I didn't see them. 
me and my buddy Dan Ma were at the, looking for Grunion. We were down on Newport where the, you know, the beach is real steep right there, right? It's down by the wedge, just, just, this, just shy of the wedge. And it was dark. It was like one of those moonless nights or whatever. And you could just hear it. And for some reason, Dan Ma says, hey, let's just run the ocean. And I remember, okay, that sounds, that sounds good. I was, uh, and we're, we're running like this, and he's laughing, we're going like this. And I remember just looking at him, and then I was on my back. <laughs> this huge, because the, they're, they're, they're shore breakers right there. So it just broke on both of us. And so we're, we're, <laughs> we're laying on our backs, and we're washing in, and we're looking at each other, and we're just smiling. And then it starts pulling us out again, you know, like... When I was prepping for this sermon, it was a similar experience. As I was reading and reading commentaries on this John 3.16 and this passage with Nicodemus, and I'm hoping I conveyed that in my sermon. I hope you cruised in here just thinking, ah, this is just another day. But this huge wave of grace just knocked you on your back. I hope you realize that this table screams, I adore you from the Father. For God so loved the world, God loved you and I so much, he gave his one and only son. Gave. They didn't take his life. He wasn't murdered. He gave his life for you and I. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered around the table, and it was the Passover feast. But he says, I'm making a new covenant. New deal. I'm making a new people of God. No longer is it just the Jews. Now it's anybody who claims faith in me and what I'm about to do. And he says, this used to be bread that was unleavened. It used to be... It used to symbolize getting out of Egypt so fast and being rescued from slavery so fast that we couldn't even wait for the bread to rise. It doesn't mean that anymore. This is a new covenant. Jesus says, this is my body. Broken. For you. And then, actually, let's stop and take the bread. You have your little communion thingies? This is Christ's body broken for you. And then he said, this, this cup, it used to be the Passover blood. It used to, used, to be, it used to symbolize the blood that we put on the doorpost that symbolized the angel of death skipping over the people of God. But no more. This is a new covenant. He says, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Paul later adds the words to the people in Corinth. As often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim our faith in Jesus the Christ on the cross covering our sins. We also can, we're proclaiming together. We as a people are proclaiming together. 
It's true. One day, this is a foreshadowing. It's true. One day there will be a table and Jesus will be at the head and we will be all around that table and it will be real communion wine and real communion bread. And Jesus will wipe the tears from our eyes and we'll dance on streets of gold forever. We proclaim that he's coming back for each and every one of us. So take, drink the cup of salvation. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. We thank you for this table. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We thank you for raising us up and reminding us of our future glory. I pray that as we leave from this place that you, you would use this worship experience you would use this table to equip us empower us unite us like only you can we pause once again and praise you for all the ways you're working we pause and we lift up our brothers and sisters that are going through suffering and pain and sorrow. We lift up Miss Ciccarini. I pray that you continue to heal her. I pray that you would be with Buzz and Keith Coslin. I pray that you would be with the parts of the country that are going through hard weather experiences. We pray for the victims and the victims' families of all these mass shootings and natural disasters. I pray that your your healing hand would be upon our country and upon our world. There are brothers and sisters in Christ on this globe that are at war right now. And it says over and over, we are your body. So if part of us is suffering, we suffer as well. Our heart breaks for those brothers and sisters right now. We lift up the people that you've put in our lives that don't know you adore them. We name those people in our hearts right now. May our witness be increasingly effective. May our love for others catch up with your love for us. And may we shine as lights 
as you've made us to be. And all God's people said, Do we sing a hymn right now, or do I do a benediction? Okay, I'm going to do a benediction. Actually, I guess we're just going to sing the Lord's Prayer, but I'll give a benediction real quick. God, I just thank you for these people. I thank you for using me, and I thank you for using them. I pray that you would bless and keep us. I pray that you would hold us, and I pray that your face would shine upon us. And all God's people said, Yeah.